following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Panic, ladies and gentlemen, the casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Thursday, the 31st of March, nearly April Fools, this is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. I am Daxa. And I am Grail. And it is... Post Batman v Superman Eve vigil thing, and uh-huh. n- none of us could be motivated enough to go actually see it. Nope. Eh. That I was I'm motivated. I just didn't have time. Like I was motivated to do other things. <laughs> More so. It was mo- It was at least number five on my things to do list. There you go. <laughs> it just didn't make it. The priority wasn't there. That in itself is somewhat telling, because mm. um, when we talk about Civil War, I think our level of energy will probably be slightly different. Oh, yeah. Probably. Um, we are going to endeavor to observe the Gilligan period, so it is not yet two weeks hence from the uh, release of said film. Uh, but we can observe some of the publications uh, of non-spoilery nature mm-hmm. that indicate how things may be living up to the fears we expressed in earlier episodes of this self-same program. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, from Yahoo News, of all places, Batman v Superman sets unwanted box office record. So, technically, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, is a record-setting... Uh, new release because it recorded the worst audience drop off over a weekend for any superhero movie in modern box office history. Yep. That means the people from Thursday night to Friday night to Saturday night to Sunday night progressively fewer and fewer and fewer, almost a 45 degree angle on the line chart. Um, that's, yeah. that's because they let the people from the previous night talk to the other people that were going to go <laughs> to the movies. That's the, that's the distressing. They let them talk. <laughs> that's the distressing part of why that kind of thing happens. So when you look at things like Winter Soldier and you see the chart trending upwards because of positive word of mouth. Sure. And more people going to see it because people who went on Thursday night said, it was freaking awesome. You must see this movie and force I'll awakens. go with you. Right. I will go again and give them more money. More sort of the opposite happened with this one. Yeah. So without getting yeah. into any specific spoilers we may or may not have read. And if you want spoilers, they are available in copious amounts all mm-hmm. over the Internet. Um, we'll wait till next week to spoil it. Yeah, it's it's next week. We'll call that you know, close enough to the Gilligan period. Um, it's not looking awesome though. Yeah. And I yeah. had 
such high hopes. No, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't I, have any I, high hopes. I didn't have any hopes. I didn't yeah. have high expectations. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. You had hope. I had yeah. hopes. No. As Tell I stated previously, I wanted Warner Brothers DC to pull one out of the hat and surprise me. They hadn't shown me much to set my expectations high. No. But I wanted to be surprised. I was hoping that they had found a formula to leap straight to the setup for the team-up film instead of doing the slow 11-movie burn that Marvel did before Avengers. And I was hoping they would show me, here's a shorthand way to do it in a satisfactory fashion and make you still feel good. And indications are that, no, they were just trying to go for the quick cash grab and jump on the comic book movie adaptation train that Marvel had created without doing their work. We'll see. We'll talk about this in greater detail later. Early indications are kind of disheartening. Dismal. Um, Bright spots from indications are the portrayal of Batman by Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. is supposed to be quite stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I've heard it framed in the terms of even with the script he was given, he managed to make a really good Batman. Well, he's a good actor. Right. Um, and I think he has a love of, the, of, of comic books and a love of the, of the source material. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is also often cited as a bright spot in the right. film. Which surprised me. Um, yeah. That's not something I was thinking was going to happen. Apparently she's not a huge part of the film, but the part she's no. in, she shines in. Mm-hmm. And there were concerns that she was you know, too waif-like and not uh, substantial enough of an actress to carry Diana. You know, the Amazon woman. The avatar of Athena on Earth. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently she does quite a good job. Um, yeah, we'll... we'll, 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 we'll beat that poor deceased horse uh, further yeah. on, on the next episode of Casually yeah. Hardcore. Um, I'm going to jump about a bit on the, the order that I set in the spreadsheet. What? To, yeah, like like I, you know, I, I normally <laughs> like we read rigorously <laughs> adhere <laughs> to the show order because I'm There's such a, a stickler for procedure. As you uh, well know. Mm-hmm. Slash sarcasm. Um, also from the DC Cinematic Universe comes news of not unexpected reshoots for Suicide Squad. So Suicide Squad is in the point in its development where if there were going to be reshoots, this would be the time to do them. Sure. The motivation for them is leaked to have been kind of interesting where the funny bits and the comedy in the trailer was reported to have been very well received by us, the potential audience members. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, apparently the trailer contained every All single funny, funny bit from the movie. <laughs> the entire movie. From the entire <laughs> movie. So because the humor, which apparently is we know was completely lacking from Man of Steel, mm-hmm. And was largely lacking from the previous iterations of Batman. Um, 
and apparently in the first round of Suicide Squad was, was quite lacking. Um, humor was very well received in the trailer. Warner Brothers DC is going back and saying, okay, let's salt some funnier scenes into Suicide Squad to meet the expectation we have set with this currently unrealistic trailer. So the reshoots that they're doing are apparently are focused upon adding more levity and humor to Suicide Squad. And I hope they are able to pull that off because there's tremendous potential for humor in there as they yeah. showed from the, the trailer. Um, leaning really heavily on Harley. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Who... <sighs> She's a colorful character. She is, and... The versions of her from the animated series, mm-hmm. if you pay attention to the interaction between Mr. J and Harley in the animated versions, it is, on the surface, very humorous. For a kid's cartoon, they occasionally go pretty freaking dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, but... <laughs> and there are, some, there are some downright dark versions from upcoming... Um, DC animated movies that they've that they've released that are kind of horrifying, um, but I hope they're able to spread it out a bit against the soft target of of Harley Quinn, who has always been the kind of ditzy sidekick with who will who will immediately shift to completely terrifying, right? Uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of her thing, um, but we'll, we'll see if, if, if they've learned. But one of the major complaints I've seen in reading reviews of Batman v Superman is it is utterly lacking in any kind of humor or anything other than doom, doom, doom. No light doom. moments at all. No light moments at all. It's just all set right. off the... Um, unfortunately, the other, one of the other heavy complaints I'm seeing about Batman v Superman is that it very obviously suffers from poorly inserted reshoots. Where it looks like, wow, oh. this is where they went back and inserted new scenes that oh, have nothing to wow. do with the continuity. Um, mm. and, and it, was, it was another film that was reported to have heavy reshoots. At the time, it was reported because they wanted to feature more Batfleck. Because the early screenings had said, wow, Ben Affleck as Batman is awesome. We need more of him. And they went back and apparently in a not subtle way, oh, hey, here's extra scenes of Batman just to have extra scenes of Batman. This doesn't advance the plot in any way. It just lets Ben Affleck just strut. Batman's good. Yeah, Batman yeah. good. Lex mm. Luthor bad. Doomsday, cave troll. Anyway, we'll talk well, about Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So in terms of Suicide Squad, I don't know. It, it's one of those where it... it I would imagine it should have some sort of like at least a dark humor. Yeah, it should absolutely it. have a dark humor. I mean, it doesn't need to be like Deadpool or oh. Guardians of the Galaxy level. Yeah. Like it's just basically a comedy with action. Yeah, uh, but well, in the same way that that Mash was was a you know comedic drama. These are sure. people with with bombs implanted in their spines. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hated Mash though. So that's yeah. a terrible uh, <laughs> sort of an eat, analogy. Eat, but eat, drink and make merry for tomorrow we die kind of attitude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, but that attitude, not Hogan Heroes attitude. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know so nothing. I yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think going back and and if, like you said, if they can seamlessly add these yes. reshoots where it doesn't feel forced. Sensibly in, in certain yeah. scenes or, or reshoot scenes 
yeah. that exist and just add a little comedic beat to them. We'll but I, I'm also okay if they do lean somewhat on Harley because it's not. This is the first time we've seen a live action Harlequin. Yeah, exactly. And that so, feels weird to me because I, I know that to be true. Technically, yeah. we saw a version of her in Birds of Prey on yeah. TV. Very, yeah. very short. <laughs> we saw Harleen Quinlan uh, before she right. really had a chance to become Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. Um, so this is the post-conversion by the Joker. Right. Um, I'm still concerned by the Jared Leto portrayal of Joker. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Now, I just don't think it should be as big a... They were trying to. Yeah. Make, they were trying to make it like he, the spotlight, and I don't think that yeah, they he is shouldn't the spotlight. Do that. I think they've picked better going with Harley than going yeah. with him. They, they need really to focus he's, on. He's not the a major suicide. part of of the actual movie. He's right. just a well known character. I'm just I'm getting the same kind of nervous vibe about him that I got about Lex Luthor, and all reports are that my my concerns about Lex Luthor in BVS oh, yeah. were totally justified. Yeah, but so. we didn't have everybody going like, oh, man, no, you don't understand. When you see Lex Luthor, he's going to be awesome. Like, everybody's, at least their marketing machine is doing that with Jared Leto. Yeah. And my take on it is he had to do something very different from Heath Ledger. How, do you, how do you follow that? So yeah. it's, that yeah, a, it's too hard to follow. Yeah. So he needed to do something kind of extreme. So I, I can at extreme. least appreciate why he's doing it the way he's doing it. Yep. Oh, for sure. So we'll see. Um, we we have until August for yeah. to wait for that one. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg was following uh, what's his face from House of Cards. So not quite a, a, the same. a thing I have not watched. Oh, oh the the uh, God, what's his name? I have no idea. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, I don't watch House of Cards. Yeah, he's the guy from uh, uh, the Usual Suspects. Kevin Spacey. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Thank Spacey. You. Yeah. Like, he was the last one to play Lex Luthor, other than uh, the dude from Smallville. Yeah. And the, so. the dude from Smallville, he was one of the bright spots of Smallville. <laughs> Which is not saying much, I understand. <laughs> exactly. That's a very small candle. Well, James Marsters was in Smallville. There's that. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was Brainiac. Technically. Yeah. Which, I mean, props on Smallville for getting Brainiac in yeah, there. Yeah. No, they, they, they set the stage for Arrow and Flash. Yeah. And it's just that other one that we don't speak of. Such a shame that DC can't name characters to save their lives. <laughs> I mean, even they're, Brainiac, they're when you think about it, his name age. is Brainiac. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that the term Brainiac has infiltrated our society to the point where we, where we use it to refer to something else. Yeah, that's a testament to the viral nature of what they created. It just made it impossible for them to use it again. I know, and you know, last summer we had a heat wave. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> thanks, DC. <laughs> Weather wizard. So yeah. let's, Ooh, let's stick, stick to our DC guns here. Oh God. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. say some things here that I never thought would pass my lips. Okay. Okay. So I took the time to find a way to watch my, my DVR that took to my antenna. Mm-hmm. Burped and didn't grab World's Finest from Supergirl. Okay. Supergirl is not a series I have been following. Nope. Mm-hmm. And they had the Flash crossover. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a mechanism 
to try and get some of the Flash CW crowd to notice, hey, CBS is doing this DC action over here. Come check it out. Right. Mm -hmm. All it made me do was appreciate the depth, the depth and the quality of the product that CW is creating. Wow. And I'm actively dying inside as I'm saying that. <laughs> wow. Oh, come on. They make some good shows. They make some good shows. They make never it, things it, I would, it would describe as deep. or well, yeah. But compared to Supergirl? <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Wow. <laughs> They're doing Shakespeare on the CW. Wow. So... CBS, you kind of need to up your game. The the did you have a chance to watch Supergirl crossover at all? No, no. no. We just watched last week's Flash. Where... Do take the time, yeah, to find World's Finest from Supergirl. It will make you appreciate Flash and Arrow. You can see it on CBS online. It's right. free. It's just CBS.com. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. the time. It's it's a fun episode. Yeah. But there's a new villain introduced. Silver Banshee is introduced as, as a villain uh-huh. during the course of this episode. And just and they've introduced villains on Flash in the dumbest ways. I mean, there have been bad villains, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tar boy. Yeah. Shark Man? Come and on. King Shark was King Shark. He Dude. was fun. Because he no. was so over the top. And no, was dumb. not fun. It really wasn't it was fun at all. Dumb. Okay. Yeah, it was stupid. Earthquake no. dude and tar pit boy, yeah, way those worse. Were really stupid. Those were dumb too, but yeah. Shark Boy was dumb too. Silver Banshee. I, I group them all together. Silver Banshee's origin story makes them look like high art. Okay. Yeah, I, I know we're we're bagging on Supergirl right now, but I gotta say, <laughs> you gotta bag on someone else. Having for the watched last week's at least, so the the return from break. Both Flash and Arrow? Not great. Woof. No. Like, what, like guys, <laughs> what no. happened here? They're Again, still on vacation is what happened. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. making them look bad. And that's yeah. saying, I mean, yeah, I'm a was... fanboy of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I understand that they are Legends only... Of st- Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Legends of S.H.I.E.L.? No. Leg- no. I'm com- 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 complaining. <laughs> I'm like, you're what? mixing two. Which one? S.H.I.E.L.D. or <clears throat> Legends of Tomorrow? I was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Bagging on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> Agents, I, I, don't even, I don't want to think about Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> no. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., their return from break <laughs> yeah. made Solid. Solid. Arrow and Flash look bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's saying yeah. something because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., on average, historically, not, so good. not as good. They've they have, they have some high points. They've had yeah, some good this points. This season, though, they've yeah. been the bar has been raised. Yes, in I, I, general, I, I think they have season. generally improved their game. Yeah. They have my attention. They made Ward, yes, way more interesting, and he was already kind of interesting. He was now already he, pretty, he was interesting, pretty interesting, and then he now got he's more interesting. He's interesting, but they just need a little more of, of him. him. Like right. yeah, they need to stop like saving him for. Not I think only with the this last, last episode, minutes. they're heading towards okay. He's yeah. now in the game. Yeah. We're we're far enough nice. past the season finale of this mid-season break finale. We can, right. we can say he was the mechanism by which they had Coulson straight up murder someone on screen. Sure. Which mm-hmm. alters that character somewhat. Oh yeah, Just a yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Um, so, but again, moving back to the Supergirl Flash crossover, right, right? 
it's a fun episode, but it really brings into sharp relief the good work that CW is doing adapting comic book properties to television because yeah. CBS is taking the comic book and it's like Silver Age level of maturity yeah. and they're not attempting to adapt it or update it for the 21st century or for television. They're just replicating it. And it's this one-dimensional dumb. I just, I just, I, I, I lost IQ points watching this show. <laughs> Youch. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> it was, I, I, and it really, I had mentally been kind of treating the CW properties as kind of my. This is my guilty pleasure. This is. I turn my brain off, and I watch some comic book adaptation. And this really made me appreciate the subtle job they've been doing better. Oh, yeah. Because they really, they, they um, and again, episode to episode, it varies wildly. Sure. Especially on Flash with some of the more out there metahuman adversaries. Mm. No, I mean, I, I would, you know, I'm definitely more of an avowed Arrow fan, but oh, this for sure. season for Arrow has been very up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't like the friction they have going with Felicity. Yeah, that Felicity's whole, whole her like, whole thing. I'm hoping. I am so hoping they reveal at some future point yes. that there was an unknown outside influence on her right. forcing yes. her to act this way. Because yeah. She's being coerced. That's what I'm saying. Totally inconsistent with her character. Absolutely. Yeah. It just yeah, it went like Bonkers. Three. It's what? like 180 and, and yeah, and just annoying. So please, but, God, let there be mm-hmm. someone blackmailing her or f- yeah. or forcing her to yes. act against her her true nature because otherwise they're totally contrived and annoying and no, yeah. Just, and I really liked her character. Her character was really cool until the change. Until right, this change, right, yes. Right. Um. So yes, we'll talk about that in more detail in another week Later. or so. Yeah. Um. So. Okay. For the listening audience, take the time to go watch World's Finest. Maybe you will find you you like the pulpy, sunshiny, cutesy world of Supergirl and, and become a, a viewer if you're not already. Great. Um, it made me appreciate Flash and, and Green Arrow oh, or, uh, or Arrow a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... Uh, that's too bad because I think Flash has proven you can do a more lighthearted show successfully. Absolutely, but it has to have some texture to it. it has right. to have some sort and of layers. That's what Supergirl to it. seemed to be missing was they were just going straight for the cardboard cutouts. Right. Of here's and they had their version of Argus that Supergirl oh, is working with, and they had their version of the job that the superhero works at. So, you know, when Barry goes off and, be, and is a CSI, she's the girl who works for the, the media magnet right. played by Calista Flockhart. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, none of it Doesn't rang work. as true. And again, I'm dropping in to the middle, never having watched an episode before. It just, they, they ah, I, I, it's hard to put a <laughs> finger on well, it. And some team-up episodes can be difficult because, you know, you're taking something that's totally different. Like, for example, the team-up episode with Arrow. You're taking Arrow, who's a a much darker show. You think? And and then you're putting him in the Flash universe. 
but they did such a good job at but it. But yeah, that was a brilliant. He was there, to, really, was there really to teach Barry some of the darker right. lessons. Mm-hmm. It was a and it was role. shot him in the back. It was it was a contrast between the two characters. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, I think the you know, and I haven't seen the episode yet, but obviously you're bringing already a kind of happy-go-lucky character yeah. to another happy-go-lucky character. They they, they got- shortcut a lot of things where they immediately trust each other. Barry immediately started telling everyone his real name, taking wow. the mask off immediately. Yeah, but Barry does that. On his yeah. own show. Like, who doesn't know he is That's Barry? That's fairly like, consistent with the he character. He walks into a coffee place, and he's like, hi, I'm the Flash. Yeah. But also, it's it's like, he just accepted, oh, I'm in right. an alternate universe. Now, granted, they've done the whole Earth 2 thing. He understands, okay, multiverse. Great, I've cr- I've crossed the dimensional barrier. Um so they they, huh. they they gloss over that quickly because they have to because they had one episode yeah. to get them to team up and and defeat the bad guys. I get it, right? Uh, and that part was totally forgivable, and I was willing to gloss over that. It's just everything, every scene with with Barry in it was like I was on board. Every yeah. scene that was advancing the plot of the Supergirl arc was like, wow, people watch this. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I mean that. So that was the other thing that the Arrow and Flash crossover uh, benefited from was the fact they built up Barry's character on Arrow, and mm-hmm. then he got his own show. Right, and there was already that foundation. So you didn't need to have like, "Hi, I'm Arrow." Hi, I'm Flash. Like we're yeah. meeting for the first time. Yeah, awkwardness. Uh, so <laughs> let's. I mean, I have we have access to see it. So yeah. we'll give it a Take watch. The time. It's worth we'll adding to your to well. your flash cannon. Yeah. Um but don't expect the levels of quality you're used to. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so I think the other big issue that all this this and the, the CW coming back from break is suffering from is I watched the second season of Daredevil. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> They have a lot to live up to. And it's our it's friends at Netflix, Marvel. Man. They I went into it, this thinking, okay, I'm a little burned out. Uh, Jessica Jones for me didn't deliver mm-hmm. as much. Because you're crazy. Yep. I had my issues where I felt it was about three episodes too long. I know. And a bit repetitive. Yeah. And I was I was I had, I had a fear that Okay, we're going to hit all the same notes again here. Is this going to be episode series one all over again? Very first episode, I was sucked immediately back in and was restraining myself from watching it because my wife and I committed to each other to watch it together, and <laughs> she broke the deal first. Oh! <laughs> wow. You better. I caught her... Watching it midday. Oh, you better get some sort of because benefits it, no, from this. Because <laughs> it was that good. And I I don't care. I totally forgive <laughs> That's her. A sacred pact. She only got us two episodes out of sync and she came and she rewatched the two episodes and we and we finished it in sync. I was, um, we ain't watching crap. You're getting off this TV and I'm watching it alone. <laughs> Boom. Penalty. She works box. East Coast time. Doesn't matter. So she has done sacred pact. She is freaking working <laughs> at three a.m. Okay. And, I mean, I'm just gonna say that Grail works from home, and he could have watched it all I, on his own. That was while I was at work. The roughest week of my life. <laughs> he waited for me <laughs> to watch it my together. Wife, my wife is weaker than you, Grail. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. I'm gonna say. 
So it, I, it, was, uh, it, was, it was it was it was a two episode violation, and we or Grail uh, loves me more. Ha! Oh <laughs> wow, it's entirely true, possible. but wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so yeah, moving back, no, it to was the, the quality of series two of Daredevil. Damn, absolutely. Yeah, and it was overall. I mean, it's hard. God, I don't you even. You guys know. binge watch it now because we're going to be talking about this soon. No, but we, not we, we're spoilery. done. We're done. We finished. We're talking about it right. No, yeah, they already watched it. Okay. Are you talking about the listeners? I'm Listen, talking we'll, to. We'll the give listeners. it one more week, and then yeah, we'll talk I about will it go into like detail. specifics. Yeah. But I would say that. One of the the most surprising things is comparing the two seasons is there wasn't as much of a focal point and even comparing to uh, Jessica Jones there wasn't a main villain focal point no in True. this ser- yeah. in the second se- kinda uh, season ish. of Daredevil blacksmith kinda there's there's a few little things mm-hmm. but there's no like kingpin or killgrave like mm-hmm. this right overarching force throughout the entire thing. Um, Arguably the hand. Well, the hand is an organization. I don't, I, there's, it wasn't a, uh, uh, personality that was there. It was but more just, yes, backing there was up a, to Kingpin. I oh didn't no. realize that he was going to be featured in this series and he does make mm-hmm. an appearance across two episodes. Yes. He's, he's, he's a minority percentage of the series. Yeah. But it is an awesome set up for yeah. the future of the franchise. Yep. yep. Just, no, it was, really well. They did a brilliant thing with him, but if you look at the series, your main characters are mm-hmm. Daredevil, Punisher, and Elektra. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Foggy and uh, Karen. Karen. Foggy is featured way more prominently in this series, and Karen is given a whole new destiny. Yeah. Yep. And both of them, like especially Foggy, who I found a little annoying in the first series, yeah. he was really pretty good in this one. Yeah. Both of them little are major times, badasses in this one, yeah, I think. But both of them, in their own different yeah. ways. They're but they did a superhero roles. They were completely mm-hmm. compelling, believable, and yes. I was yes. interested in them. Uh-huh. Instead of the, okay, how are they going to advance the story of Daredevil? Mm-hmm. Transformed into... I want to see what happens in their story next. Yeah. No, and they did a good storytelling. And the biggest thing is there there was a lot of growth of all the characters in turn or change to the characters. Lots of change. Lots of change. Mm -hmm. So it was very much like we're not gonna rest on our laurels and have the, you know, the the do good lawyers out there doing good in Hell's Kitchen. It was definitely a a massive shakeup of built. This is this is a huge illustration of the evolution of television storytelling oh, in yeah. a positive yeah. way. Everything I hated about Star Trek The Next Generation, as an example. Yeah. The enormous red reset button you could see mm-hmm. them hitting at the end of episode. Every episode right. said, nothing may change. And you can watch the episodes almost in any order, and it doesn't yeah. matter. Because mm-hmm. nobody changes or evolves. And they did the same shit in the movies. Right. First movie, first two movies, a lot changed, and then they re- retconned everything and took it all away. Yeah. Pissed me off. Here, the exact opposite. They set the rules, and then they changed the rules. Like, you know, real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yep. will have me as a viewer until the end of time if they keep telling stories like this. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Growly Bear in the IRC says, Foggy is getting better. Maybe the writers or the actor. I'd say it's the writers writing to the actor. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They made better use of They what did he make brought. better use of him. Is, and he is a lawyer. No, he was. So, he I was mean, he good. did pass his bar. No, he, he, he lawyered up. He, he yeah. lawyered like a mofo in this series. Yes, he yeah. did. Um, but, and, and, you know, like I said, he comes into his character, goes from being the, the buffoon ish sidekick who's just best friends with Matt and, you know, but can't believe Matt would actually do anything like this to. You know, kind of growing up a little bit. Yeah, and saying, hey, and it's a good Matt's really not here for me, so I need to step up, and he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so he does. They did a they did a great job with that. And like like we mentioned off air, Electra was a character that yeah. could have gone either way, and they did a really nice job, I think, overall with her. One thing to mention about Electra mm-hmm. is she was not wearing the skimpy outfit no. to fight ninjas. No. She was actually wearing a full outfit. Yes. To yes. fight ninjas. No, they they took her from being merely a highly sexualized Greek ninja, figure mm-hmm. that one out, mm-hmm. and gave her an interesting backstory, very different backstory than her previous yes. iterations of her. It was good though. No, They're- I I was really prepared to hate Electra to the to the degree I hated Electra in the Daredevil movie and the mm-hmm. Electra movie. Mm-hmm. Because they had soured me on the character, and they redeemed her for me and gave her a place in Matt's universe. Yes, and tied her in via multiple vectors. Yes, she, she wasn't just about Matt. There were other reasons for her to be there. Mm-hmm. And you know, she was prepared to walk the hell out and have her own life. And they gave circumstances that said, "No, you can't leave yet." Um, and the actress did a wonderful job. She did. Portraying a very conflicted character, and she was very broken. Yeah. And interestingly broken. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but not irredeemable, and it just, I, I was prepared to be annoyed with Electra, and I just couldn't do it because she was so much fun. She was right. really interesting and I really do... Really good. They did do a, a bit of a nod to her, you know, sexy outfit by putting her in a really sexy red dress at this the is, beginning, but when very, she actually a very has very beautiful to do... woman playing the character, I mean. I'm sorry? A very beautiful woman playing the character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I, I did like that, and I like the fact that when she actually was aware that she was going to fight people... She wore the proper outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Utilitarian. Nice. Like, uh, I am now here to fight. But she yes. had her other side, which was, and I'm playing the beautiful heiress mm-hmm. to the Greek ambassador. Um, and they showed the backstory of you know, her being sent, basically, to learn those skills. Right. To observe these people, learn from them. These skills will be useful to you, but you are still a weapon. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no, they did, the they did a good job. I have a, I have a little nitpicks over the romance between her and yeah, Matt, that was a little. But we can we'll get into that next week because yeah. I gotta go. I, to specifics I can forgive it because they placed it in the era of his life where he might go for the crazier. 
It no. wasn't that part. It was okay. it was the future part. It was the future. Oh, part. The one okay. that was happening at the moment. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk like, about it more when we're past. Yeah, the yeah. Because I have to go like kind of through the series of events to to kind of to say kind of where there, my yeah. issue was. So uh, the other last... the other high point of this one oh, was yeah. was Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he needs his own series. Absolutely. That's how good he was. We we got we get to see early days, very screwed up and broken Punisher. Right. Wow. Very damaged, very fresh off of the pain and trauma that creates him. Right. And they did a good job of not only just saying, oh, you had the event and this is just canon for the Punisher of his family getting mowed down in Central Park uh, at the carousel, but... Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, I mean, that's (laughs) Tiny spoiler. That's, 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 That's served up up front. That's yeah. canon to the character. I'm assuming that this is comic books I'm talking about. That's how his that happens in the comic books as well. So this isn't a spoiler to the TV show. This is the exact same thing as the, it's like saying, you know, Superman's from Krypton. I mean, yeah. spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Punisher's origin story, spoiler alert, is he's motivated by his family being murdered. Yeah. Yes. Duh. He is, so, a, he is an angel of vengeance. But... They even went a step farther in in talking about some of the traumatic uh, brain damage that could have occurred that from being you know, shot in the right. head. So so they kind of even amped it up even more to say this is what would put somebody in the state, which I thought was cool. And yes, they, I they, did. I really liked the way they explained how he could be of the mind that he is. Yeah, and they've given they've, they've planted seeds for a potential series of his own. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they put plenty of. References to nebulous things that may have happened overseas. Right. They had him recover something at the very end of we don't know what that could tie into something unrevealed. Right. Yes. So they have a reason for us to revisit that character. What was that disc? And what was bad guy referring to about their previous goings on, Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of the world? Right. So... But in the end, he was just a hardcore character that, uh, you know, is definitely something. I mean, he was as hardcore as Deadpool was in terms of what he did, just with none of the humor. Like, yeah. <laughs> like very serious. Yes. Not, he, he was, was very Judge harsh. Dredd levels of yeah. yes. do not get in my way. Exactly. I am the law. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, without, being, without being too cartoonish about it. No, no. No. No, he wasn't a caricature of it. I thought he gave a good reasoning and even showed sometimes some doubt around it. Yeah. But usually was then thrown back and, you know, let the instincts take over. Uh, But it just, I mean, you know, compared to the other iterations of the Punisher, there's just no comparison. Oh, yeah. This, Granted, this, the bar was not set high. It wasn't set it very high. freaking very high. Lundgren, Okay. But as somebody who's read Punisher comics, this this was the Punisher. Yeah. This was what you were looking for in terms of his mentality and the way he handled situations. And I was really, I was very concerned when they said, "Okay, the Punisher is going to be featured in this series of Daredevil." He's going to, he was going to eclipse our characters and and become the focus. And they used him kind of sparingly, yeah, but really yeah. effectively. Yes, very effectively. He was not. Featured in every single episode. No. Nope. Um, yeah, it was interesting because really, you look at, I think it was like the first three episodes was 
Two. his his arc yeah. kind of there. First two episodes, he was his major arc, yeah. and then bits and bits and bits and bits yeah. salted until the, the remainder to the very end where he he does play an important role. Right, right. Um, yeah. So it was good, but yeah, it was nice because then they kind of. Said okay, we're we're gonna put him on ice for a little bit, and you may now see him we'll, again. we'll go to Electra, and so they did a really good job with the pacing of the entire series. They did, they did. The pace was really good, yeah, and it kept you interested because I think they kept sprinkling in the really interesting characters. Yep. So I, I really feel like they use this to flesh out the world of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. For that, I. I think they're going to reap the benefits of in Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Iron Fist I in particular, wait. I think, is, is because of the Eastern ties. Right, right. Is mm-hmm. going to leverage heavily on the hand. What happened here, yeah. Right. Um, and the, and they, they drew on characters from season one. They had Madame Gao had sure. a, a I... bit to play. We had a couple of episodes with Fisk in it and just look forward to seeing Fisk in prison and what he does with his with his time when he's in prison, and the fantastic scene between Kingpin after he has kind of adopted the the role of Kingpin and Matt, where they meet. Oh yes, that, that was, was really good. Freaking awesome! Where yeah. Matt has his thoughts of having taken care of Fisk and put Fisk away, shattered in the most in-your-face way possible. Yeah. And really shakes Matt's world of, am I doing good? Yeah. Am I actually achieving anything? Yep. Well, and that it, came right after the Punisher's little speech, too, which was a really good speech, and I don't want to talk about it. one bad day away from yeah. being me. That right. was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets that speech, and then he goes, and he gets that thrown in his face, yeah. and it definitely yeah. shakes him up a little bit. But, oh, God, I, yeah, I really want to talk about it. But, but as you get later on in the series, like, uh, what the Punisher, you can tell, though, throughout the series, really is trying. Uh-huh. He likes what Daredevil he does. does. Yeah. Even he does. though he likes to argue with them about it, he doesn't want to see Daredevil corrupted where, or, or become like him. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, but he's okay being him. Oh yeah, which is which is the punishment. Yeah. It's a really awesome. interesting dynamic watching the two of them learn about each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. get this weird mutual respect about each other. Is I can't do what you do. I can't do what you do. Let's just agree to disagree. Right. We're both necessary. Um, but I, I really loved. They no, have was, made yeah. Fisk so much more menacing. Oh yeah. Yeah. With this just this little tiny dose of him. Yep. He's a minority part of this series and I'm just waiting for the next series of Daredevil to see what they do with him. Yeah. Because I am so much more scared of him now than I was in season one. Just great storytelling. I'm loving it. Bring bring it, bring it, bring it. And and you know, not not as much of a spoiler, but they do do another well done, long camera shot fight. Yes, yes, they did. Which was really, really cool to see. Um, maybe not quite the same gravity as the first yeah, season. The first one was but, pretty rough. Um, because I mean, and at the end, he's rescuing a kid. Yeah, and so right. in this case, it's a different situation. Yeah, but 
from a technical standpoint, you're like, oh yeah. my god, how did they coordinate this whole thing? Because it is glorious a fort fight long choreography, long fight. shot, yeah, and multiple you know, multiple stories in a building, not just one hallway. Yes, mm-hmm. they, they up their game in a in a wonderful way. Yeah, um, and they, you know, they, they're not resting on their laurels no. by any stretch of the imagination. Nope, nope. So, yeah, and uh, they, they um, improve the costume. They give him new toys to play with that are classic yeah. to the to the Daredevil mythos. Yep. Um, all, yeah. I, I really, you know, I was able to find things that annoyed me about Jessica Jones. I can't really find any about Daredevil season two. No, it was, I mean, very minor things. But it's kind of the way I was with season one, where there's a few little things that I didn't like. And in this case, they addressed it. They... And we'll get into it when we get into the details. It was really, really minor stuff, uh, but overall loved it. But I, you know, I also really love Jessica Jones, and I cannot wait for uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's and then we have, we have that. We, we, I mean, from a Marvel standpoint, we have Civil War to look forward yeah. to, then Luke Cage, and then Doctor Strange. That's not a bad year. Doctor Strange. No, no, not at all. With, with just, Bandersnatch Cumberbund. Oh, heck yeah. I just keep looking, though, at like the, the stuff on Netflix, the Hell's Kitchen story is oh, yeah. so different from the movies. Like, if the no, Avengers really... on the Punisher, they'd be like, oh my, oh my God, <laughs> what did he just do to that person? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and really, I am increasingly hyped for the Defenders oh, made yeah. for Netflix movie. Yeah. And whatever the hell they come up with when they team all these good guys up with these air quotes, good, good guys, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess these really horrifying villains, Right. if they maintain this level of quality, um, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yes. Because it lets us have our crowd-pleasing, blockbuster, kind of saccharine movies... Mm-hmm. In the form of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and yet we have the Hell's Kitchen stories, right? Which yeah. are in the same universe, but are a very different beast. Which are like the optional, oh, it's novellas it's, that you read. It's like Marvel After Dark, right? <laughs> in in the best possible way, where they, where they have something for everyone, right? And I mean, for for nerds like us, we've we've understood that great stories were being told in graphic novel format. Sure. Absolutely. Where it was, it was hard to get buy-in from muggles. <laughs> and this, this was what I talked about when we, when we talked you're, about... You're crossing the streams there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you understand you know, trying to get a non-comic book reader mm-hmm. to care in the least about a comic book. Sure. Well, now... True. Can because it's a movie and it's a television series. It's it's a, a form of media that they are used to consuming. Right. But the stories are the same or or close to as good as we already knew. So you know, Days of Future Past from Fox, I ate up even though it was a watered down version of the Days of Future Past that I read in the early '90s, late '80s. I still gloried in the fact that I was able to share that with my wife, who is not really a big comic book reader. Mm-hmm. And we talked to, about Daredevil. It was, it was like sharing the secret 
that you had. Like, here's this cool thing that I want to share with you, and, and now I finally can because it's in a form that you will accept. Well, but they've also learned from a lot of just non-comic book media how to do shows. I right. mean, these, oh, yeah. They're doing shows that are equivalent to you know great series like Breaking Bad no, or they're, they're taking Sopranos. The best, the best so of both worlds. Yeah, so they've, yeah. they've learned the writing aspect and how to make it translate to TV. It's just, it happens to also have superheroes yeah. in it. It's just good writing. Yeah, That's it's, all it it's really always, is. Yeah, and even you know, Deadpool. It's all about the writing. That's yeah. what made it such a great movie is they worked on it for six years to it write the movie. It was a great love story slash yeah. horror story. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and I think that's that's one of the biggest issues. You know, we've always said DC is playing catch up. The problem is is they're the not even sucks. they don't even know where they're catching up to. Like they're right. like, "Oh, we're going to do our Justice League because it's like the Avengers." And Marvel's like, "We're like 20 steps ahead now. Right. Yeah. We're we're beyond that." Like that was cute that when we did that a few years they've, ago. They've been misled by the Batman franchise. Right. Where Every time they've been successful, it's because they've gone a little bit grim and dark. So when Batman got campy and silly, they stopped making money. Sure. Because Batman is not campy and silly. But this is but that that they didn't look more closely at it. They Mm -hmm. said so we had Batman eighty nine, which was for its time was great. It was the original comic book adaptation. Yeah. And then Batman Returns yeah. It just—it was a little too Tim Burton, and then they went completely off the rails. Well, then they went with Schumacher, who brought it back to like, oh, I like the '60s Batman, and so I think at that point, because that first one that he did, uh, Batman Forever, people liked. Yeah, like it did did pretty well because, and I think everybody was like, well. It's at least I can relate to this because Batman Returns was like really weird and I, I couldn't handle that. And so people were like, oh, yeah, let's give him more money. And then we got Arnold Schwarzenegger as yeah. Mr. Freeze. And, and it all, all just went, went downhill from so there. So then hell. Nolan arrives with Batman Begins, yeah. big reset button, mm-hmm. and goes more realistic, more grim, not, you know, not a lot of humor. And right. they make a lot of money off of his trilogy. Yes. But the message they took away was grim equals money. Yeah. And that's not the only message. Well, grim Nolan equals money when you have had, Batman as your main character. Yeah, but but right. Nolan also had just good stories. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote really clever and well, well done. Or and he I didn't write them, but he directed really well done and clever movies. And I think what, what people are looking for is for their favorite characters to be true to their favorite characters. Right. You know, Superman is a light, fluffy, goody two-shoes guy who Boy is Scout. always on the side of right no matter yeah. what. He, he is, is the, the Boy Scout. The, the Boy Scout. He's the but, Boy Scout. And that's, that's I think, the, you know, they missed the chance. Like we said about Arrow and Flash, their crossover worked so well because it was such a contrast of, of styles. And they, yet they learned what to take from each other and, and how to be better at what they do going forward. And they had a chance to do that with Batman v Superman. But because of the way they did Man of Steel, you already had a darker Superman than people yeah. were used to. And then obviously bringing Batman in and going with the precedent that Nolan set, you, it's just too, it's too much darkness. <laughs> it, yes. <sighs> so hopefully, hopefully they, they can recover the from this flat spin that they put themselves into. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they obviously got money. I mean, it's, yeah. it's making money. It is, and it, I don't it think it for the Justice League. Success. 
movie. I didn't think they really had to. I mean, get your Superman, get your Batman. You can team up a couple of them. You don't have to have the the single Wonder Woman and the single, you know, um, who else is Flash, Green Arrow, Green Green Lantern. You don't have to do that. You can team up Green Arrow and Flash and have them do a movie together. So you don't have to do the 12 movies before you do the Justice League. Oh, they're going straight into Justice League. I mean, they they they've laid this, they've set the the stage yeah. for it. They, in this movie, they introduce Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Aquaman. Right. But what I'm saying is, they did that too fast. They okay. didn't want to do the whole big arc that Marvel did. Yeah, what's obviously, weird is they're they're giving Wonder Woman a trilogy. She is getting <laughs> yeah. three movies. Well, She's it's getting, about dang time that she gets something. She's getting a World War One movie, a World War Two movie, and a modern day movie. Perfect. Wow. Which is about beautiful, time. perfect for that character because they have all those stories to, to mm-hmm. date in mind. Sure. And in that way, there's they're they're doing the Marvel model where they did Captain mm-hmm. America. Wonder Woman is their Captain America. Right. Um, but they're also going to charge ahead and at the same time. Before they're done with the trilogy with Wonder Woman, they're going to give us the first Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. We'll see. Moving beyond the DC universe, we've, yes. we, 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 the horse is, is now pulped. Um, sticking with comic book adaptations, though, we've talked a few times on this show about the Tick and our oh, love yeah. for the Tick. Both, uh, actually, not both, but in its comic book form and its animated series form, which was glorious. And it's live action, short-lived form with the Patrick freaking Warburton version. The new pilot that is being created for the next Amazon pilot series has cast its tick, which we've learned previously was not going to be, sadly, Patrick Warburton. He will be executive producing, but he won't be acting in it. Mm -hmm. And they have cast Peter Serafinowicz. Mm Mm-hmm. Who the hell is Peter Serafinowicz? No, <laughs> no <laughs> he's a, freaking he's idea. A British actor. <laughs> he's he's from Great Britain. Um, yeah. So they have an actor. He's Thank an you. unknown. He was, you know, a side character in Guardians of the Galaxy that you would probably never be able right. to spot in a parade. He was in Star Wars Episode One. Yes. Technically, he he voiced Darth Maul, yippee, so he, he's got voice acting down, but... Yeah, all, what, two lines well, he you had? Know, yeah, I think he said one word, didn't he? At last, we'll sure. reveal ourselves to the Jedi. Right. There you go. And the rest of his lines were all... Hmm. Uh, 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 oh, my God. Where, why are my ah. legs over there? So, I'm hoping this is a great undiscovered comedic talent who can inhabit the big blue suit with the antennae. Um, we'll he's see. been in a lot of stuff, though. I'm not going to lie. He's not inexperienced. He's just not someone that I know. Well-known, yes. You know, when, when, they, when I heard about Patrick Warburton being the tick, I knew who Patrick Warburton was. Well, yeah. Um, sure. And could say, okay, it's... That's, I can see that. And then I saw him in the suit. He's like, nailed it. Yeah. Um, so he's got some tall antennae to, to fill is all I have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, he does. No, no, as short-lived and, 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 and killed in its infancy as that live-action series was, um, I wish them all, all the success in the world. 
Um, we'll see. The Amazon pilot system has created some really awesome series. Um, Man in the High Castle. Never in a million years would I have thought something like that would interest me, and I'm completely captivated by it. Um, so we'll see. I've, I've, this, this is a, a weird one where I've loved the tick in its comic book form. I've loved the Fox animated series for completely different reasons, but it was weirdly true to the comic books in its demented sensibilities, which I didn't, I would never have predicted that they could adapt that into an animated series on a, for children on a major network, and they completely nailed it for two seasons. And then I, if you had said, oh, they're going to make a live action series, I said, there's no hope of that ever being good. And I understand completely why it did not have broad appeal because it stayed true to its source material, which was weird and odd and off-putting and strange. And they didn't dumb it down to have a wider appeal. Right. Which to me, for me, as the comic book animated series fan, makes me love it all the more. Um I'm very curious to see if Amazon can crack the code of taking the bits that make the tick awesome and creating something that has a wider appeal. I don't want them to make this for me because this is something I do. This is another one of those secrets that I want to share with the world. And if they have to make it a little less weird to achieve that goal, I'm all for it. So I'm hoping some very talented people get their hooks into this and find and extract the essence of what makes the tick awesome and mix it with um, broad appeal and mainstreamness. And I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they come up with. They can't make it too normal then because then it's not the tick. It doesn't have to be normal, but I think it needs to be a little less, less weird. Out there? Yeah. Because, again... I'm weird, so yeah. the non-diluted Ben Edlund, you know, mainlining weirdness is right in my wheelhouse. But I totally get why that the live-action series did not catch on. So if they can find a way to keep the awesome, but add a little pop culture to it, add a little mainstream acceptability to it, and still have it be the tick then Godspeed, I hope they can pull that off. We'll see. It we'll could be see. just another one of those things where it was yet another attempted adaptation of a comic book property that didn't, you know, didn't find its audience. We'll see. I'm, I'm glad yep. that it's getting another shot because I think it, it, there's something there that I think everyone would have fun with. If they can just find, that, find the way to talk to more people, speak to more people. Right. We'll see. True. So Peter Serafinowitz... It's all on you, dude. No pressure. <laughs> Godspeed. Godspeed, you big blue bastard. <laughs> ah. oh. So, nerds. Yeah? And what they spend their time on is a continual... Sex, uh, according to Revenge of the Nerds. Well, yeah. <laughs> nerds. <laughs> You're still happily married, right? Yep. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Good on you, Grail. 
I'm a geek, though. Hey, good on me. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my grades would attest that I'm not a nerd. <laughs> and apparently, you're good in the sack. But anyway. And my, uh, alcohol tolerance. <laughs> so, it's a wonderful Vimeo video where someone has taken the time that we, we've observed on this show the blatant similarities between Star Wars A New Hope and yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, someone has done a wonderful shot comparison from, from major scenes in yeah. both movies. And it's pretty interesting to see just how closely J.J. mirrored Episode Four in Episode Seven. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I hadn't realized just how similar they were mm-hmm. until it was really demonstrated to me of, yeah, okay, here's very similar things happening. Okay, then they did this, and then they, okay, the order they do them in is exactly the same. All righty then. Um, so you can do a, a search on Vimeo for A New Awakening which is a great video where someone has spliced together a side-by-side comparison from the very beginning to the very end of both films of, damn, okay, Episode 7 really was a retelling of Episode 4. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we don't care. (laughs) We love it anyway. It was still great. It was still great. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But the the homages to Episode 4 are a lot more blatant than you might think. Um, but take this to me is the glorious example of here are the kinds of things that film nerds in this case are willing to spend their time on to say, let's just see how close they are and realize, damn, okay, these are really close. close. Let's share this with the world, and thus a Vimeo video is born. Yeah, I mean it. It was. It was the. One of the first comments I had when I walked out of the yeah. theater to the group we saw it was, I was like, yeah. that was really, really good. It was New Hope, though, over again. And yeah. I mean, it, New Hope with different characters and yeah. moving on the story. But you know what? It's like in, even in books, I don't, I was just thinking about this the other day because it's kind of cyclical. If you have read the Belgariad by any chance? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. So and if you the read Malorian. the Belgariad in those books, it does talk about how. Fate makes things cyclical. Sure. So the same things that happened before sort of happen. It's not exactly the same, but the same people they talked to the first time there was a disaster, they talked to the second time there was a disaster. So it just it, it just reminded me of that same fact when I was right. thinking about that movie. It it was. It was just one of those cases where I mean, obviously they they always say there's only seven stories, and it's just right. those seven stories being retold over in over variations. Again. Uh, I, 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 even Star Wars in its original form was just a retelling of epic stories mm. from the past. Right. And, and right. George Lucas yeah. is the first to admit that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's it just in this case. It wasn't just like the story feels familiar. It's like these. The the setup feels right. familiar. The, the, the place where they're at on the screen feels familiar. The <laughs> like, desert planet that they start on. And, yeah. And, it was and just, the entrance of the big bad guy surrounded by 
troopers in white armor yeah. while he's wearing head to toe black. And then he immediately kills one of the, the good guys. And yeah. And, oh, look, let's put something important to a droid and send the droid away. Like, yeah. Okay, the parallels are a little extreme. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like we're not shooting. It's not a Death Star. It's it's a planet. It's Star of, Killer Base. Of death. <laughs> <laughs> like Zone of danger. What? Oh, in other news, uh, <laughs> new Archer started today. I know. I know. I the got new the what? new Archer. Oh, started back up again. Archer series. Oh my gosh, seven. we have so much to catch up on. Oh hell yeah, yep. we are we are reaching peak peak entertainment. Seriously, oh, yeah. so many choices. But <sighs> anyways, it, it yeah it it was, and hopefully, I mean, worst comes to worst, the next uh, episode will be a retelling of Empire, which <laughs> like okay, well that's not the worst thing that could happen. It's not terrible, but the indications are that... It's something different. It will be something new. That, that basically J.J. Yeah. Abrams felt that his job yeah. was to kind of reset yep. to allow the next director and the next writer to explore new territory. Yeah, and like like we said before when we first were talking about it, it was a palate cleanser. Yeah. It was basically let's it, it was get back to where we cracker. were. Let's forget about one through three. I don't even let's, know what you're talking about. What, and now what? let's move there on. There were no prequels. And, yeah. and what's interesting is I'm excited. They have me legitimately excited to see a Star Wars prequel now. Because yeah, what, yeah, Rogue is, One, yeah. what is Rogue yeah. One? Right. It's, it's a freaking prequel. It It is. I, uh, but I think you're, it's kind of like swearing at it, if you call it that. So. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is kind of a curse word at this point. But, yes. but technically, it appears before the original right. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm strangely now more optimistic about it with Disney in charge. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so welcome to the 21st century, where technology has brought us wonderful tools like Google Maps and Google Street View. And none of that has fixed human stupidity or laziness. <laughs> no. In fact, it has only exacerbated it. Yes. So, and we're able to report on it much easier. Of course, because we have the internet, <laughs> the internet to bring us these glorious I'm sure stories. this stupid has happened before. We just didn't have the means to find out about it so quickly. Exactly. And now we do. Yes. You, could remain, you could remain anonymous in your stupidity before. Yeah, yeah. It's that whole you know, thing that they basically cover in uh, No Country for Old Men, where yes. like, all the older generation always thinks that the current times are the worst. But you know, really, if you look back, the olden times were also pretty bad, too. Yep. But you know, in this day and age, we just can find out about it a lot faster than we could back then. So yeah, part of, that's part of what I think you know, when you look at is the world a worse place now? We just learn about the, some of the grim things about this world more efficiently right. than before. Just more con- connected. But in we have an area of the U.S. ravaged <laughs> by a tornado, where companies are being called in regularly to demolish condemned homes. Sure, because a tornado ripped through there, and some have been condemned. Um, unfortunately. Fortunately, one of the demolition companies didn't really do their due diligence, and they relied upon Google Maps and Google Street View to confirm which home they were supposed to demolish. So instead of confirming that they were at the right 
address. They looked at the picture of the address that Google Street View showed them. Fortunately, Google had made a slight boo-boo and had taken the picture of the wrong house and tied it to an incorrect address. And the demolition crew tore down a non-condemned house that was supposed to be rebuilt. Oops. Oopsie. Sorry. Who, uh, my question is, who would they have blamed for this before we had Google Street View? Didn't it have the address on the house? So. Like, did they not notice that? They trusted Google more than they trusted their own eyes, apparently. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And the company says the mistake is, quote, not a big deal. It's like, you tore down someone's house. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. Without permission. It's kind of a big deal. A little bit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. The area is ravaged by Mother Nature at her worst. Tearing shit up. You would think before you start tearing things down, there'd be a certain level of Crossing of T's and dotting of lowercase J's that would happen. Yep. Good thing. But apparently not. Wow. Yeah. So, um. Kids nowadays. Kids oh. these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. They went to, uh, the wrong street. Yep. They went to Calypso Drive instead of Cousteau Drive. So the street number was correct, but the street name was wrong. <laughs> and there, I mean, uh, oopsie. That's a little weird. That's all I have to say. I think only in this day and age could we even have a story like this. Because we, we now have a tool like Google Maps and Google Street View mm-hmm. where you know a company has gone to the trouble of even attempting to do streets eye view mapping of the entire freaking country. And actually on Reddit I've been seeing they've moved on to mapping hiking trails. Really? They have guys walking around in 50 pound mapping backpacks on hiking trails so you can have Google hiking trail view. That's awesome. Because that's just how Google rolls. Hey. Um, but yeah, the... Um, I, I hope nobody turns up and tries to rip my house down because they saw it on Google Street View. I mean, I like the I like the service and it's I great. I think it's cool, but I don't I usually look for an address when I'm going somewhere. I don't check out the house I'm supposed to be at. I just the I mean, basically the demolition company screwed up to an epic level. And they're 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 just desperately seeking to point a finger at, no, no, it, it wasn't us. You know, we couldn't be bothered to check our Thomas guide or or look at the street number on the curb or anything like that or, you know, read the street sign. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, somebody at this company screwed up to an epic degree. And the only reason this is a story is because their excuses, oh, but Google Street View said this was the right place. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to lose this argument. Yeah. And the fact that some some spokesperson from their company said, "Oh, it's not a big deal," 
simply because they have been tearing down a lot of homes that have been condemned in this area. They think that, well, this is just a house like any other here. Yeah, but the county inspector came out and did not condemn this one. It was structurally <laughs> sound, and the person's insurance company was making arrangements to rebuild it, and you kind of screwed that up. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's got to uh, suck. Be prepared to be writing some large checks. Yep. Because, damn. Uh, <laughs> VR, it be happening. Yeah. Yips. The Oculus Rift, the much discussed, much touted, much consumed by Facebook, early pioneer of light headset virtual reality. It's in the wild. Yeah. They, they are shipping. The founder of Oculus hand delivered the very first headset to the one of the early backers of their Kickstarter. And Sony has announced uh, a lot more details about PlayStation VR, which will ship late this year for a $400 price point for the basic kit as an add-on to the PlayStation 4. Uh, the Gear VR from HTC is out there. It's happening. Where's mine? Well, the problem <sighs> with it is... Or at least in in my world, is, mm -hmm. a, is several pieces. Number one, the set itself costs a lot of money. A lot of money. Yes. Uh, number two, you need a rig that is capable of sending the images to it. If you want to do the Oculus, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Right. So it's it's one of those things where <coughs> bless you. Where uh, both things have to come. You you know, hopefully you already have a powerful computer. Then you're only going to spend for the uh, Oculus, Oculus Rift. Rift. But if you don't have that, then yeah, it's it's a hefty investment well, then that, to get this, this is where going. PlayStation VR has my yeah. Interest. The PlayStation VR is an interesting one because it's rel you know compared to uh, the Oculus, Oculus and the HTC Vive. Uh, it is cheaper. It's, I think, $400. Yep, $400 for the headset. And then if you already own PlayStation Move controllers, you can use them. Right. If not, you really need to buy them. So it's another 100 bucks there. Yeah. And but still, you, I you think need the, the camera. So there's another 60 bucks there if you don't have the camera. So it nickels and dimes you. But if people, it rewards early adopters of right. people who may have bought the later versions of the PlayStation Eye and the PlayStation Move. If you already have those, you reap the benefit by only having to spend three ninety nine on sure. PlayStation VR. And yeah, in the end, you only need you only need even if you have to buy all that, you only need that assuming you have a PlayStation Four. Right. Exactly. And if you even if you don't have a PlayStation Four, that's still cheaper than probably outfitting a computer to be able Way to run cheaper. it. If you have to do a full upgrade on it. No, really. The the low end of Oculus. Capable gaming PCs are always quoted around the eleven hundred to fifteen hundred dollar range. Ouch. Yes. So a PlayStation Four, you know, a, a deluxe one is is four hundred bucks. Right. I so, just I don't think they're worth that right now. Well, apparently they've made a lot of strides. Like every review, and I've read a number of reviews, and one that really nitpicked some stuff on the Oculus, but in the end said, despite all these nitpicks. This thing is worth it. It's awesome. And I'm sure it's worth it, but how many? How, like, what are you going to be able to play with it? Well, they have a. The Oculus is actually about 40, did a, 40 titles at launch. Yeah, they did a, a. The Oculus is branding itself as the gaming 
device mm-hmm. because the HTC Vive has gotten a lot of really rave reviews out of it as something to use for not just gaming, not just like art. Yeah. Yeah. Augmented like, reality stuff yeah. is more their thing. And I'm glad they're attacking it from multiple vectors. Right. I think the one that has, has the chance to get a hook to get purchased with the consumer base is Sony. Um, and there's, there's lots of rumors this week about a, a more powerful version of the PS4 that will ship before the PlayStation VR becomes available to yeah. make the VR experience even more immersive. Um, they already have a massive installed base because they're kind sure. of the winner of this round of the consoles. And they have a, a, an attainable initial price point where the average consumer, if they want to get in on the VR, especially if they have some kind of killer app or really fun thing that they can demonstrate that everyone's going to want to buy this holiday season, where you know, $399 is a believable price point for something that's roughly the equivalent to buying another gaming console, which is essentially what you're doing with these things. Yeah, I, yeah, pretty much. But and as as interesting as I think it is from a consumer uh, price point, I I think it has some major hurdles to it as well, which is namely going to be the software. Yeah, what is what is the killer app going to be? And the fact that a lot of companies develop for consoles because they don't have to worry about configurations. They don't have to mm-hmm. worry about what you, you know, what sound card you're using versus what video card you're using as they do in a computer. They know an Xbox One is an Xbox One, a PlayStation 4 is a PlayStation 4. So now they're going to be in a situation like the Connect where they're going to have to say either I have to put extra development time in my game to allow for the fact that they may use VR or I have to exclusively develop for people that have the VR, but basically cut out all those that don't. Yep. And it's a tough position to be in as a developer on those. So uh, unless Sony has done something with their software development kit to make that type of stuff easier, but I still think it's, it's going to be challenging to get developers to want to do the extra work. I think, uh, I think the developers it. are going to make amazing stuff. I think they already they probably already have made amazing things. Sure. I think the challenge lies in the marketing. Yeah. Because how do you market something you can't demonstrate? Right. For a video game, you can show 2D live gameplay, and people get a taste of what they will experience in the game. If someone isn't wearing an immersive VR headset, then they can't experience what right. makes VR cool. And where most people receive their advertising is on a 2D flat panel screen. Right. Be it a right. television or a computer or a tablet or a phone. So they have an enormous challenge ahead of them of marketing yeah. this thing. I think it is probably completely awesome. And anyone yeah. who experiences it will get it. But they can't. How do you get a big enough slice of the consumer base to experience it and understand it to the point where they're willing to start talking about it and everyone feels like they need to buy it? Yeah. And I I think that's that's a huge challenge. That's going to be a big key. Yeah. And not only that, and once that happens, once the price starts dropping, then other people will start buying for sure. But 
with the price being what it is, it's kind of a, a bit of a niche market. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, getting back, way. yeah, and you're you're kind of put into a catch twenty two where it's tough to get people interested in it. So you might have to lower prices or wait a bit for people to kind of get the word out, which means developers might be hesitant until they see that there's the word out there Correct. and that there's an installed base, which won't happen because there's not enough you know upcoming software right. for it. So it's 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 tough. I'm, I'm it's curious to see if Sony's willing to to suck it up and empty their deep pockets for a while and just eat losses on yeah. the front end until they get a critical mass of customer understanding about why this is awesome, why they need to buy it, and also can maybe just have this be a loss leader all the way into the second generation of the hardware. Right. Where it'll be less expensive for them to manufacture, they can lower the price for the consumers and get that critical mass rolling. Right. And it, and, and does is is their headset worth it? <laughs> that's the other big question True. mark. Is yeah. because yeah. and they're not alone. I mean, Microsoft is shipping right the Hololens developer kits this week yep. to devs for the first time, and their their very different approach of they're all about augmented reality, yes. not virtual reality. And so we're, we're, we are literally at the gateway of this potential new era of cool things that I, I would really love to see it succeed, but I don't have any answer for someone who's trying to market these things because you can't demo it. You can't, unless you get someone to a place where you can put the thing on their head, they won't understand. And that's a challenge that, new tech developers haven't really faced before because they've always been able to say, here's a screenshot or here's a video of gameplay that gives you at least enough of a sense of what we're trying to deliver to you that you will become interested and you'll go out to a store and try it. With VR, it just looks weird and freaky. They show you people, you know, pictures of people doing VR and they're just freaks in headsets waving their arms around right. the room. <laughs> and it's like... Wow, that's just well, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it it is a a difficult challenge for the marketers. Yeah, um, it's and and see. yet there definitely seems to be a, a very sellable device if you can get somebody to put their head in. Once somebody has, everyone I've talked to who has experienced one of these yeah. technologies is an unrepentant fan and profit. Yeah. So I've only I, been a fan of one. Right. One thing that I put. And they a lot of they've refined the game you yeah. played adrift to quite a, a good level. But if you read, uh, if you follow like Penny Arcade, yes. Tycho has gotten uh, his hands on an early uh, release of the HTC Vive, and his whole thing is like, I can't get like there's people at my house all the time now. Like once yeah. I put it on them, right. I can't get them <laughs> can't to leave them my all. house. That, that, that <laughs> is a recurring theme of everyone, and, and I still have not experienced any of these new generation VR technologies personally. Right. Everyone I have corresponded with or spoken to who has experienced it directly, no, I've had you know, one negative report about nausea from someone who suffers vertigo on a regular basis without a VR headset. So they were particularly susceptible to it. I had some pretty bad nausea the first time I tried it on when it was very early on into the development. And that was a very common complaint about the early mm -hmm. revisions of these things that they claim claim to have addressed 
Um, I've, I've spoken to just one person who's who's had a production version of these things on her head that caused her nausea, but she is someone who suffers from vertigo. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, take this with a grain of salt because I can make myself barf on a street corner if I'm not careful. Everyone else I've spoken to who's experienced these has been uniformly positive and have all said, this is, is the next big thing. But only people who have actually experienced it have that feeling about it. Mm. And that's uh, how do you get a demo unit on everybody's head so they get it? That's hard. That's, that's going to be a very slow burn to slowly get enough demonstrations out there where enough people through a retail location where you can you know, have the trial unit that you can and, and have the word of mouth expand from there. We'll see. Um, I'm hoping because, uh, again, all the reports I've received have been, you, you've got to try this. It is so cool. And I'd love for it to be the next big thing. And I'd love to also get it, you know, for a one ninety nine ninety nine price point. Yeah. Because that's sure. when they will get my money. I don't have that kind of disposable income <laughs> raising two children. So. Well, but again, unless, uh, unless you're just talking about for the PlayStation 4, even that for me, even if they went to 199 would still be a $600 investment because I need to buy a PlayStation 4. Exactly. <laughs> and so. whatever this next-gen PS4 they're, they're hinting at, you know, may be slightly more expensive. We'll see. Right. right. So, yes. So. There, there's lots of challenges. I yep. know where I something I don't know what weird sense I may have developed. I mean, when the industry was all about 3D TV, 3D TV, yeah. I immediately went to, yeah, right, this is going to fail. Right. And it was a, an abysmal failure. I don't have that sense about this generation of VR. And I, I, and I can't tell you why. I can't give you a solid reason why I feel differently about this. Well, I, I mean, I, I know why. It's because this, gener- at least from a technology standpoint, well, I yeah. think we all can appreciate it's doing it right. Like all the reviews, the little bits I've used, the little bits Dax has used it, mm-hmm. we've all felt, yeah, this is really cool. But even then, I still think it has a lot of things going against it to see will it get out there enough and will it be able to continue the momentum of just being really cool to actually translate into and we're making a profit. <laughs> yeah, well, and not only that, it's really cool, but what can I do with it? Right. It's the same right. thing what I had the with content? that watch, the iWatch. Right. It's yeah, like, like the Apple it's watch cool. But what can I do with it? But what am and I going to do? I still have never seen the must-have app for the Apple Watch. Yeah. I don't know, but I have a friend who like bought like 10 different Fitbits and uh, the Microsoft one and Jawbones and he's like, and I really like, I really want the Apple Watch, but I tried this, and then I really still want the Apple Watch, but I tried this other thing, and then finally he just broke down and bought the Apple Watch, and I was like, oh my god! So there are people out there that see the value of it, but and, I think and it's we, a oh minority. God, we, but our friend who sees the people. value in it is also one of those gadget people. Yes. Yeah. So well, there's Apple files out there. Yeah. That I'm sure early adopters in. and you know basically unpaid beta testers. Yeah. We need people like that, and the, and I'm assuming those of the people who are showing up in hordes to absorb this first wave of VR. And yeah. I guess, yeah, and that's, you know, for me, it's going to take mm-hmm. both price and something compelling where I'm like, oh my God. I yeah, must I, have that. I, I have need to, to be it. in 
the game where I'm looking around and able to see stuff because yes. reasons. Right. Yes. And that, so. that, that is the piece that has not been yes. That's what we're missing. revealed to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. So get right on that VR community. We know you're listening. Ah, uh, that seems like as good a place as any to end on that non-bombshell. Mm-hmm. You have been listening to a non-flu-infected episode of Casually Hardcore. Uh, my apologies for us missing last week's episode. I would not have been any use to any of you. Um, yeah, it was bad. My, my children did their job of bringing home all the germs from school. And awesome. They got sick. And they got over it in like four hours. (laughs) Just long enough to screw up our trip to the Renaissance Festival. Awesome. So we're driving out and Arch Nemesis says, I need the potty. Uh Uh-oh. So we say, okay. Um, And we pull over into what I thought was a gas station. Turns out it was a car wash with no bathroom. Oh. We get back on the roads and we'll stop as soon as we can. Two miles later, hork, oh. Oh. oh, turns out we need to be That's more funny. careful when we teach our daughter. So we had taught her, when you feel like you need to throw up, try as much as you can to get to the potty and throw up in the toilet. Ah. Right. So she didn't say to us, I, I feel like up. I need to puke. Yeah. She did as we had taught her. She said, I need the potty. <laughs> the pot. I didn't know pull over and let her hork on the side of the road. I was uh. looking for a bathroom so she could pee. No. So I learned something new that day. I bet you did. Two days later on show day, um, I am yeah venting from all available ports. Um, <laughs> if you've heard about the rooster tail, I have now experienced it. Um so, yeah, I was flat on my back, uh, just in no shape to do a show last week. So I apologize for this missing week. is entirely my fault. Um, totally. Blame it on no. It, it just absolutely. I, I just blame me and my digestive tract because stomach flu, holy crap. <sighs> but it is good to be back. And yes. don't ever have kids. They will give you diseases. That's right. <laughs> uh Find us on the web. We are all over the place. Alpha Geek mm-hmm. Media for everything we do. If you do the social media thing, uh, Facebook, Google Plus, just search there for Alpha Geek Media or Casually Hardcore. You can find us on the tweeters. The network is Alpha Geek Radio. The show is Hardcore Casuals. I am on there as Alpha Geek Media. She is on there as Daxa C H. That is D A K. S-A, not D-A-X-A, D-A-K-S-A-C-H. And he is on there as Grail, C-H, G-R-A-I-L-C-H. Because reasons, send us emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. If you want to support what we're doing, Patreon is your friend. Become our patron at patreon.com forward slash alphageek. If you want to know how to listen live, and or just listen to the stations all the time or watch the video stations anytime of any day, go to tunein.alphageekmedia.com. 
There's a long list of ways you can tune in from your phone to your tablet to your computer to your gaming console to your Roku to your Apple TV. You name it. We're on it. And I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And in the way that we are, we have and will be ever shall out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.